Hello, and welcome to The Scott Mize Show, a podcast focused on health, diet, bodybuilding, and philosophy. I interview experts, doctors, coaches, and N equals one case studies to answer your questions about improving health, achieving your best physique, and making sustainable progress. We'll cover topics from carnivore and ketogenic diets, to bodybuilding, to life philosophy, and everything in between. Enjoy the show. Carnivore and ketogenic diets can be an excellent way to combat diseases we commonly associate with aging and degeneration in the modern world. But if you're like me, you want to do everything possible to stay in your prime physically and mentally as long as you can, especially with me thinking about starting a family. I really value the most research-backed ingredients and science for bettering the aging process. Today's sponsor is Neurohacker, which packs seven of the most science-backed senolytic ingredients into one formula called Qualia Senolytic. And you can take it just two days a month for fast and noticeable benefits and for a much better aging process. I've been taking Qualia Senolytic for the last month and I've already noticed a big improvement in my physical and mental energy for my family and friends and my productivity has improved. I feel invigorated, I feel enthusiastic and ready to get things done. It's also backed by a 100-day money-back guarantee. So that means you can try it for almost three full months. And if you don't like it, there's no risk. You can decide for yourself. If you're in your late 20s or older, adding Qualia Senolytic to your diet can play a crucial role in combating negative aging symptoms. Go to neurohacker.com slash Scott for up to 50% off Qualia Senolytic. And as a listener of the show, you can use code Scott at checkout for an extra 15% off your first purchase. Again, it's risk-free. Just go to neurohacker.com slash Scott to try Qualia Analytic with code Scott and start aging on your own terms. Thanks and back to the show. Dr. Adil Khan completed his MD from the University of Ottawa in Canada. After training in sports medicine, he specialized in regenerative medicine, conducting one of the first Health Canada-approved clinical trials with mesenchymal stromal cells. You can correct me on that later. He is known internationally for treating many high-profile celebrities and athletes from everyday clients all the way up to the richest man in Dubai. Driven by his passion to improve health, he co-founded Zalt and is the chief scientific officer of science and humans. He has a special interest in using interventional procedures to treat weightlifting injuries and chronic neck and back pain. Dr. Adil Khan also teaches medical students and residents and is an assistant clinical professor at the University of Toronto, and he currently resides in Dubai. Welcome to the show, Dr. Khan. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm actually, I was in Dubai. Now I'm back in Canada because it's warm. Okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Dubai gets too hot this time of year, so I, I've, I've, I like to stay there when it's nice weather. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, so yeah, would love to hear your story, the long version works. Um, of how you got into this area of medicine and how you became interested in um, anti-aging and regenerative medicine. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think most people can understand that our healthcare system has a lot of issues now, uh, but I recognized this probably a long time ago, and this was when I was uh, th- this was like you know ten years ago when I started medical school, and it was basically I kind of knew that. I didn't want to just treat symptoms and I always wanted I always wanted to treat the cause. And that was because I was actually a personal trainer before I went into medicine. So I used to, you know, I used to work out all the time and into fitness and health. And naturally in that, it's like, okay, well, you're keeping your body healthy so you don't get disease. 
But in medical school, it's they don't talk about that at all. They're just kind of like, okay, this is you have diabetes or you have high blood pressure, so prescribe them this, or these are the guidelines, or this is the you know, and there's no real discussion about, hey, is there something we can do to actually prevent that, or what can we do from like a natural perspective to maybe mitigate some of the issues as well. Uh, so I was just always naturally into kind of like, like in, alternative medicine, so to speak. Uh, and then, you know, during medical school, I studied functional medicine and integrative medicine and uh, and just got into this whole world of like understanding the root cause. And so it made, that principle always made sense to me. Uh, and so that was kind of my guiding principle when I went throughout the whole medical process. And then after I finished, I, I got into just because I was into fitness and health, I was naturally interested in sports medicine. But again, the sports medicine, if you go to your average sports doctor, it's like, you know, cortisone injection, physiotherapy, like it's very basic stuff. And that's also not always addressing the root cause, especially with cortisone, obviously. Uh, and yeah, it's just kind of a Band-Aid, like a drug that reduces inflammation and it can weaken ligaments and, you know, even accelerate osteoarthritis. So not really a great long-term solution. So it was always driven for me, it was always driven by like, how can I help? Is there a better way to help people? Uh, and that's how I got into regenerative medicine, because then it was like, you know, there's all this cool stuff that I, it can actually fix the problem. Uh, and can the whole principle of regenerative medicine, so people understand, is it's kind of the promise that, hey, we can repair or fix tissue back to a previous state. So it's not just like, you know, just masking the pain. It's like, can we actually repair it? And now it's finally, you're going to, this is a revolution of regenerative medicine, because we're kind of at the beginning of the end, so to speak, which means, and it took 30 years of research for regenerative medicine to finally be clinically applicable. Uh, and so we're kind of at that beginning phase. And so now over the next 30 years, you're going to see the revolution and transformation of medicine from uh, basically like, you know, cutting cutting things out and giving drugs to uh, basic tissue engineering and cell therapy and gen gene editing and gene therapy. Like that's kind of the intersection. The intersection of those three is kind of like the holy grail of regenerative medicine. Uh, which is so it's a really fun area to be in now. And that's kind of what I'm specializing in. And uh, yeah, and I, because I do a little bit of innovative work, I, you know, I get to travel the world and I get to treat people from all over and I like high profile people from, you know, all walks of life and a lot of professional athletes. And I'll, it's 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 a very interesting dynamic because, you know, I was just in, I just got back from Miami uh, yesterday and I was there treating some high profile, like, you know, NFL guys and like some, like one of the top tennis players in the world and like it, it, and it's, it's it's so interesting because they they obviously have their own team doctors and stuff like that uh but i'm kind of like the secret behind the scene <laughs> and they can't even no one can know <laughs> and it's just like it's a it, but because it's also like the team doctors are just so outdated like they're just still like if telling them to do cortisone one of my ten, the tennis player i was like he had like 15 cortisone in the last like couple years and like it's like ridiculous. Like, and it, yeah, so he was just, he was kind of upset because he like, obviously even these guys, like they're, they're starting to educate themselves, right? Like the, the pro guys aren't dumb and they listen to it and their coaches and trainers aren't dumb. Like, so then the only one who's dumb is the team doctor because they look like they're outdated. So, so that's kind of where I'm at now. It's just, you know, finding more and more applications for cell therapy and gene therapy and all this stuff because it's becoming more and more applicable. This episode is brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. This month, we're switching it up with an exclusive offer that's only for VIP LMNT partners, including Carnivore Cast listeners. You can now receive this free sample pack along with any regular purchase when you use my custom link, which is provided in the show notes or my Instagram link in bio. 
That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carnivorecast, all one word. And as I said, I'll include the link in the show notes. LMNT electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based, and delicious. And get yours today to help support the show. Thank you. It's fascinating. I, I find all that really interesting. And can you talk a bit about the history? Like, where was regenerative medicine when you first became interested? And how did you start learning about it? And then maybe how has the field progressed? And how has your research played into that? Yeah, no, it, it was it, like, it's even changed a lot in the last like five years. Like, it's, when I started, the main things we were doing were what's called platelet-rich plasma injections, which is basically where you just take your butt, blood, you centrifuge it, you concentrate the platelets and the platelets essentially release growth factors and what are called anti-inflammatory cytokines, which is proteins that reduce inflammation. Uh, and, you know, it can work fairly well for like muscle tendon tears, but it's not really great for anything degenerative uh, because it's not super anti-inflammatory. It's more regenerative, meaning it's great for if you have a tear in a muscle or tendon and you want to get back to playing faster, uh, it can work really well for that type of application. But outside of that, there's not too much utility. Uh, so it's great for sports injuries, but not for like chronic pain and chronic degenerative stuff. Uh, so that's where stem cells come in. Uh, and stem cells uh, in the last couple of years have really revolutionized everything we're doing because before the problem with stem cells was the processing, the isolating and standardization. Um, so what that means is basically now we're able to just growing stem cells is actually becoming a lot cheaper and it's becoming a lot safer and a lot more easier and efficient. Uh, it's, it's almost like any technology, right? Like technology, like making batteries for electric vehicles, for example, like making batteries for electric vehicles before for Tesla was super expensive and efficient and like, you know, uh, was, it was difficult in terms of, um, sorry, <laughs> uh, for the background noise, but, uh, yeah, but basically, um, you know, it's the same principle, which is basically as the technology improves and there's more demand, there's innovation in manufacturing. And so the cell therapy or growing stem cells has become an innovative thing. So now we can grow, we can grow more stem cells, we can harvest them and we can isolate them better than before. Uh, and so what that allows us to do is have more application and uh, just more scalability of what we're doing. Uh, but, you know, it's people are probably wondering, you know, where do these stem cells come from? So it's like there's there's different sources. There's there's uh, two main sources. There's like adult stem cells, meaning from they can be from your own body, actually, from the fat or bone marrow. Uh, and then there's stem cells from actually uh, umbilical cord tissue uh, so or perinatal tissue so that's that's the stem cells that we tend to use because they're obviously kind of younger fresher so to speak just intuitively right if you get an umbilical cord tissue uh that stem cell is going to have more uh regenerative properties um but the the big takeaway i think for people is how do how are the stem cells grown and how you know how they're manufactured because if they don't if they're not grown properly uh, then they can actually lead to other issues and stem cells are they're basically cells that are going to help with regeneration right they're going to help repair tissue they're going to divide into new tissue uh, and they're able to reduce inflammation. Um, but there's so many stem cell clinics out there now, but they're, they're not, most of the people who work there are kind of just doing it for business and they don't really understand the nuance of like, hey, how is the stem cell manufactured? Like you, there's a lot of little detail. Um, and that's why I've kind of been getting a lot of credibility in the field and working with a lot of high profile people is because I've done a lot. Of, I'm not only just I'm not just doing clinical work. I'm as you mentioned in the bot intro. I'm also doing research, 
Um, and it's important, I think, if you're going to work with any doctor, you got to make sure they're doing both because the field is still a, a very research heavy field. And so if you're not if you're not doing research simultaneously, the doctor probably won't really understand the nuance. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, you hear so much about stem cells, people using it for different applications, people going to Panama for stem cell treatments. Can you talk a, a bit about like what are some of the applications for stem cells? How has that changed? And um, you you hinted at it there, but like what is the difference in different um, stem cell clinics and like how how can you know a good one from a bad one and what what's going on out there? Yeah, I I mean people should just come to us because we're the best. <laughs> no, uh, but I know actually I've had a lot of patients go to other clinics and then come to me after and. Uh, because yeah, like you said, that how do you how do you know? It's really it is really hard as a consumer, um, even as a physician. Like I had to do a lot of digging and research, and I've I've literally worked in every continent around the world. With like I went to I've done work in Europe and Japan uh, with different stem cell partners, and obviously U.S. And so because I've traveled, I've been able to get perspective on hey, how what's like the best process? Because like I'm very unbiased. Like I try to learn from European scientists. From Japanese scientists, uh, and then from like every every like Dubai, and then basically put it all together and figure out what are the best methods and processes so we can give the best results to patients. Uh, and like clinics, like you know, there's so many clinics, Panama and Costa Rica and whatever, um, and they're not bad. The stem cell quality is fairly good. It's just the doctors there aren't always trained in like injection stuff, for example. They're not really good at interventional stuff then, so you don't always get the best experience. You're not going to get a really qualified doctor. You just get some random guy. Because the business, the business basically runs on their marketing, which is like certainly you know a bigger entity, and they've done a good job with like obviously partnering with like Joe Rogan and stuff like that, and like they're able to promote it. But then you don't always get good doctors there, and so they may not do the intervention properly. Um, so the biggest, the best way to look is not only look at like like the stem cell like reputation, like at where they're sourcing it from, um, and then also looking at like the doctor and like their credibility and like all right, what kind of you know trust do you have with them and like. I feel I generally find that those doctors there are just kind of, you know, they're not really highly specialized in injections. And because of that, the results can be mixed too. If you don't put it in the right spot or right technique, uh, you're not going to get the desired outcome. But, you know, to your question about like, what are we using it for? Because now you can do what are called intravenous stem cells. Um, but even with the intravenous stem cells, it's not just as simple as an IV. Like there's a lot of Kind of preparatory work we do like we have proprietary protocols with like peptides and certain formulations and just to ensure you get the best results from the stem cells um but this the iv stem cells literally go through your whole body uh but they have uh, anti-aging and longevity benefits so a lot of people are using it just for more energy to slow down the aging process because think about it if you're putting baby stem cells in your body obviously you're going to feel better right <laughs> and so it gives you more it gives you more energy reduces inflammation uh, it kind of reverses um, cellular aging as well. And, uh, but we, it, we can use it for chronic inflammation, like inflammatory bowel disease, autoimmune conditions. Uh, it's even, be, even using for like neurodegenerative conditions like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Um, there's clinical trials going on for that right now too. And uh, basically the principle, I mean, because literally there's, it can, it's being used for like hundreds of conditions. So the, the principle I would say is anything degenerative, it works, it can work for it. So any any degenerative condition. And that's why it's almost, it kind of transcends the whole medical model because the medical model always has been like very like, 
oh, you're a gastroenterologist, so you only treat stomach issues. You're, you're a heart doctor, so you only treat heart issues. But the body doesn't work like that. And we know that now, right? The body is interconnected. The best example is the gut. There's something called the gut-brain access, the gut-disc access, the gut-pancreas access. There's basically the gut communicates with every organ in your body uh, because that's where most of your immune system is. And immune dysfunction is the root disease of most chronic disease. Uh, so if you don't fix and repair the gut, then you're not really treating a lot of chronic disease, uh, which is why we're, we use peptides and stem cells. And we actually have FMT now uh, as well, which is like fecal microbial transplant, like poop pills, uh, to restoring and repopulating the gut. Um, so, it, you know, it's... It's it's really trying to go back to like what we call for in physics it's called first principles, but in biology is basically like root cause, like what is actually the root cause and trying to repair that. Yeah, and um that that's really interesting because I remember like when stem cells first kind of hit mainstream, I think it was like Tim Ferris was talking a lot about it, and it was more so for like general anti-aging. But now it's it's gained so much broad apl- applicability um, across a lot of conditions. I know you said you treat people from all walks of life, but like, what are some of the main things that people come to you for help with? Like, what are what are they looking for um, from the treatment? Well, definitely number one is chronic pain, and so many people have like back pain, neck pain, like knee pain, osteoarthritis. Like that's by far the most common thing we do. And from a technical perspective, like. We, you know, it's it's about how you got trained to, and like we we inject like for osteoarthritis, for example, we inject into the bone uh, underneath what's called the subchondral bone, and then we also inject into the joint. But a lot of doctors don't just do the joint injection, but you got to treat the bone underneath because osteoarthritis is a condition where it's not just the cartilage; it's the bone underneath that, that gets damaged too, and so. It's just like new little things like that. It can get such better results, and then. The other thing that's really taking off now, is, as as you can imagine, is just yeah the longevity and anti aging and cosmetic stuff even because we we're doing uh, we do something called like a non surgical facelift we'd like to call it uh, which is basically using stem cells like fibroblasts exosomes uh, and mixing with PRP for essentially reducing inflammation and fighting the signs of aging on your face and it can last for like three to four years which is crazy so it's so much better than Botox or fillers and stuff like that right so a lot of people are starting to understand that. And so we have a lot of people excitement around that right now. So we're just, you know, getting that built out too. But, um, but I think that's going to be a huge thing for us. So um, never underestimate people's vanity. <laughs> so, yeah. but, but I think we want to obviously focus on like my, my focus is going to be on using all the technology we have to eventually treat a lot of, you know, a difficult or untreatable conditions. That's, that's the, that's the, obviously the best part is we're helping people is there's an unmet need for a lot of patients because they're not better with the conventional system. So those are the type of people we really enjoy, like, I really enjoy helping. And that can range anywhere from like, yeah, like inflammatory, like I was saying, like autoimmune conditions to like, even now we can, cause we're injecting stem cells even into organs for like kidney disease and um, you know, heart disease and stuff like that. And it can help restore function of that too, which is like incredible stuff. Wow. And um Talk a little bit about accessibility, because I think a lot of people have a perception of stem cells. It's only for the uber rich, you know, elite athletes or high net worth individuals. Um, But, you know, in my mind, any treatment starts out that way. And then, you know, economics catch up and eventually it becomes more and more 
democratized and accessible to more people. So how have you seen stem cells changed in that regard? And how do you see it changing going forward? Yeah, no, ex exactly what you said. It's it's called Moore's Law in technology, which is basically the idea that, you know, as, as subsequent time goes on, the um, the technological in innovation increases and uh, and then the cost reflects that, like it, it goes down. So yes, uh, just to give an example, like the IV stem cells, like a couple of years ago used to cost like $50,000 um, and now they're down to like 25 to 30,000. Um, and then I think in another five years, it'll be probably like, hopefully like 15,000. And then maybe after that, probably like 10,000. And I, I could see it coming down to like that range, maybe even eventually like five to 10,000 uh, for intravenous treatment. And, and that's very affordable, I think for a lot of people for something that's going to give you a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of benefit. And especially for people I've, you know, I find a lot of my patients, most of them are like regular people and they just, they're willing to spend money because they just don't want to be in pain anymore. Or they just want to get their life back, you know, and they're willing to try something like, um, it's not like, you know, I would say stem cells were like really ex like experimental uh, and, in a, you know, maybe like you could even say five years ago, but the research has really exploded. Um, and every year it, the research is going up and up. Right. So based off that, uh, to me, it's like, I can say definitively that it can work very well for many things. Um, and so there's not like, it's not like you're just gambling, you're saying it may work or may not work. There, There's enough data to say that, uh, you know, it's, it has high success rates. Nothing's 100%, but like, for example, with osteoarthritis, like the success rate's like around 92%, uh, which is quite high, right? So, it, and, you know, even if you take surgery, like meniscus surgery is like 50-50, <laughs> like rotator cuff surgery is 50-50, like long-term meaning people re-tear and stuff like that. So it's like, it's not like surgery is that great either. Uh, so I, I, and surgery is way more invasive and risky, but, um, but if you ask your average doctor, they'll probably still say, oh, stem cells don't work or that stuff is nonsense. And then you, those doctors are kind of just losing credibility now because stem cells, like there's, you, you kind of look dumb because it's like, okay, but I've seen like millions of people being treated by it. Does it, there's gotta be something to it. Right. Cause it's not just, it's China, Japan, Korea, they've been doing stem cells forever, Dubai, like it's just us has this regulation because. Uh, the pharmaceutical and, you know, surgical industries and all that stuff. Yeah. And um, you talked about osteoarthritis. Um, you also use it to treat like autoimmune conditions, like rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. Yeah. We have a protocol for that. So that's what usually the intravenous stem cell because autoimmune conditions, uh, as most people probably know, it's where your immune system starts attacking your own body. Uh, and it can be ranged from like just hundreds of different autoimmune conditions. but that's a general principle. And why does that happen? Uh, it, the way I like to explain it is like your immune system is like a teenager. And so if you don't train it, if you don't, if you don't train your teenager properly when they're young, they're going to rebel when they're older. So that's like your immune system. If you don't train it properly when it's young, it's going to rebel when you're, it's older. So you got to train it when you're a kid, when you're a baby getting in, you know, like that's why, you know, uh, kids who have uh, like live on farms and like that type of stuff are less likely to have allergies and autoimmune conditions because their gut has been trained uh, but now with modern society and especially after COVID, like, you know, I can only imagine what autoimmune condition prevalence is going to be like over the next 20 years, uh, uh, you know, because I don't see anything changing in society that way. Um, but we can at least treat it now using kind of a restorative approach, which is trying to reset the immune system using like IV stem cells, peptides, and then like the poop transplant. And uh, essentially what it does is it reprograms the immune system, uh, meaning it helps to shift uh, the immune cells. And that's called immunomodulation. Uh, so it actually has long-term, uh, and that's why even with one one infusion, it can change and have long-term results because 
when you do IV, actually, a lot of the stem cells don't stay in the body that long. Those they get processed by the body, but uh, but the effects that they have, the signaling effects, are uh, can be permanent. Interesting. Um, and can you talk about the clinical trials you conducted? Yeah. So right now we're doing one in Canada for osteoarthritis, uh, which naturally makes sense given that's probably the most common thing we treat. Um, so we, you know, it's just. It, but the problem in Canada is again we're so outdated here. So even the clinical trial we're doing is kind of like what I call like the first generation of stem cells, which is basically using adult stem cells like fat or bone marrow, uh, which isn't like bad, but it's just not as good as uh, umbilical cord stem cells, right? And so, um, and you got to isolate and purify and grow the stem cells. Uh, and that's that's still not allowed in Canada. So we're still doing like the old generation in Canada, but that's why a lot of my patients I treat outside of Canada because I treat them in Mexico or Switzerland or maybe Japan, wherever, Dubai, like, there's all those places uh, you can you can grow stem cells, but in Canada and U.S. it's still considered um, illegal, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> but so it's but I mean I, I we're at a we're at an inflection point. It's going to change very soon, I think. Um, in fact, I think Montana just passed a law. Um, the governor did that like essentially last month that you can do you can essentially do stem cell type of therapies there now. Um, so uh, we may probably going to open a clinic in Montana. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I know U.S. is slow to catch up on this type of thing, but um, I'm sure change is coming. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how do you think about uh, with your patients integrating other lifestyle changes, diet, exercise, etc.? Um, what do you recommend, and what have you seen success with? Yeah, I mean, I'm always a huge fan of like individualization. So what I've started to recommend now is what's called, there's this company called the DNA company uh, and essentially uses just salivary testing, but it gives you what's called functional genomics. So essentially it tells you based off your genetics, which uh, type of food, which type of exercise, even sleep, like metabolism, like all this different stuff um, about how your body is kind of designed and what type of inputs should you be giving it for optimal health. Uh, because it can be a little bit different for everyone. And so once you get that kind of test done, then you can say, okay, based off this, I should maybe be minimizing red meat or I should be doing this type of exercise. So it can give you more customized uh, recommendations. So that's what I like to do generally for patients to get an idea of like what lifestyle interventions are going to give them the most bang for your buck. Because there's, and there's so much noise in lifestyle medicine, right? Because of the fitness and health industry, it's uh, a lot of it's very exploitative um, instead of trying to get, you know, it's just trying to sell people stuff. And most people don't need something sold to them. They just need to like change their mindset and their relationship with food and their relationship with their body. Um, it's, it starts with the psychological stuff, which is boring and not sexy. So not many people talk about it, but having a healthy relationship with food body uh, is going to get you much further along with this whole health stuff than just buying the latest supplement or trying the latest fad diet or whatever. Um, and, and, and the thing, you know, whether it's keto, vegan, intermittent fasting, whatever you're using, those are all just tools to me and they can be used at different points in different people. They're not something that should be prescriptive for everyone, uh, which is what a lot of the influencers try to do because, you know, obviously if you're, if you're the carnivore guy, you're obviously going to recommend carnivore to everyone. It's just like, you know, because it just becomes like a gimmick for them. Uh, but I, I'm very, I, because I don't, I'm not, I try to remain objective and not be dogmatic. Um, so I, I'm always about like, what's the science say? And how do we how do we give you the best result for your body? Um, but yeah, I've said, like generally speaking, like an anti-inflammatory 
regimen, it works really well, but that's, it's hard to say what that is because it's different. For, it can be different for everyone. Um, and you, that's where the DNA company testing and using like continuous blood, blood, uh, blood glucose monitor and blood work to figure out what type of foods and what type of lifestyle interventions work best for your body or is the only way to really know what's going to give you the best long-term results. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you talked about gene editing. We talked a little bit more about Moore's law. Where do you see this going over the next like five to 10 years? What do you, what are you most excited about and what are you hopeful for? Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to be able to really like impact a lot. Like with, for example, the gene therapy, like I'm involved in a company uh, now, it's called mini circle. Uh, and we're, you know, we're actually funded uh, the, by Peter Thiel, Thiel Capital. And um, Sam, Sam Altman is one of the investors too, the chat GPT guy. So it's like, it's pretty cool that those guys are backing us because they obviously see the opportunity too. Um, and so we're, this is just the beginning of a whole revolution, like I was saying. And the gene therapy and, and cell therapy together is going to really change a lot. For example, there's something called CAR-T, C-A-R-T, and it can be used for treating cancer. Um, it's a very complicated type of technology, but the gist of it is you, you just take your own blood, you isolate the T cells, and then you use gene editing technology and you enter something called a chimeric antigen receptor, CAR, and it basically allows them, and then you just infuse it, and they grow it, and then you infuse it back in the body, and it allows these CAR T cells to literally target cancer cells and kill and kill them. And it can actually cure lymphoma and leukemia. And this is uh, actually recently just got FDA approval a few weeks ago. Um, you know, but it's so it's amazing. So cell therapy. This is the this is like the this is a pinnacle of cell therapy, right? Cell and because it's like we're doing it's precision medicine. It's using um, you know very targeted approach. And it's actually curing the problem, not just like masking, you know, just treating or killing your whole body like chemotherapy. So it's it's very targeted. Uh, so the, this is the type of stuff that's going to be really exciting. I think over the next five, 10 years, you're going to see a more, much more of these gene-edited stem cell type of therapy or gene-edited cell therapy, um, which is what I call like kind of third generation cell therapy. Um, so let's say, you know, first first generation was like, let's say like, you know, taking your fat or bone marrow from your own body. Second generation was like, isolating and expanding the stem cells like the umbilical cord stem cells and then third generation is where actually you're using genetic reprogramming and gene editing uh, and then making stem cells for more specific purposes um, so we're we're kind of doing the third generation stuff now uh, so it's exciting so we're gonna uh, be able to do much more specific and targeted things um, and as opposed to using like one type of stem cell for many conditions we'll have many different types of stem cells for specific conditions do you think we'll get to the point where like we have a bunch of people running around who are all now 20 year olds and, um, you know, we can basically like not go to the gym, you know, gyms become irrelevant because everyone can get exactly what they want in terms of muscle and leanness with gene editing. Do you like just kind of postulating on kind of the futuristic, um, creative stuff? Do you think that's something that could happen in the next 10 years? No, I, I don't see that ever happening because our bodies, okay. we, we have, uh, w- which is a good thing because you can only, uh, our bodies have certain in- inputs that we have from an evolutionary biology perspective that we need. Uh, like we, that's why, like obviously sleep, breathing, like exercise, I think, and exercise is part of that. Uh, like a lot of people don't exercise, but 
exercise is as fundamental to our DNA as sleep is. So if you're not exercising, you, you got to figure out how do you do that? <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's a fundamental thing in our DNA. And if you don't do it, you're not, you're not going to really ever have optimal health. So, or even get close to optimal health because that's probably the foundation of health, uh, especially muscle mass uh, and like lean body mass. So like resistance training is like fundamental and will we be able to do you know, will there be medications and gene therapy and cell therapy probably eventually to say, hey, exercise, you don't need to exercise, you can just take this, but it'll never be the same. I, I, I can almost guarantee that because the way the exercise effect on the body is so complicated. It's like literally like there's so many effects at a cellular level, like so many different pathways. There's something called exerkines and myokines, which are little signaling molecules that get released, you know, and they protect your body in so many different ways. And uh, we're just starting to really understand how exercise protects the body in so many different ways uh, and it builds resilience. And so uh, the, the the best thing I can see is that we can enhance the effects of lifestyle intervention. So for example, actually our first product in our gene therapy company is called Statin Gene Therapy. Um, and basically it's, it's a it's a one injection and it lasts for up to two years, uh, but it's a peptide. And Statin is the only peptide that effectively inhibits myostatin. Um, so it myostatin is kind of that protein or enzyme that sets the limit on how much muscle you can put on. So people have probably seen those big muscular cows. That's because they have a myostatin deficiency. Uh, so we're not making you deficient, but we're just allowing you to increase the lean body mass you can put on and you get a better response to resistance training. So you, And you have more energy, it reduces inflammation. And then mice has been shown to extend lifespan by 30%. So obviously there's an anti-aging benefit. Um, so yeah, the fall stat engine therapy is actually our product. And like, I'm a huge fan of it. Like, obviously I've done it myself and many people now pro athletes, stuff like that. And it can help with so many different things. And it's going to become more and more popular over the next, like, you know, year or two, you're going to see a lot of poly about it because we're going to start, you know, getting it much more publicly aware, um, because it is a revolutionary platform. And, um, because it's, because the problem with peptides is their, their short half-life and you generally have to inject yourself like one or two times a day to get long-term, you know, for months or months to get benefit. And this is a technology just with one injection, you're good for two years because it's basically just a, what's called a plasmid vector, which is like a strand of DNA material. And it just, it just synthesizes and secretes the peptide every day at a low dose. Um, so it's really cool gene therapy. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, Adil, thank you, or Dr. Khan, thank you so much for coming on today. Um, it's been fascinating learning more about the work you're doing, stem cells, uh, gene therapy, regenerative medicine, where can folks follow along and find you, reach out to you if they want to. Um, and I'll have links to all that in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I just made a threads account. So threads, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, th- uh, no, for threads and Instagram, obviously it's the same thing. It's dr.acon. Uh, okay. and that's where I'm most active. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so people can find me on there and we have emails and, uh, we have like, uh, links to everything over there. So, uh, I'm usually, and I work all over the world. So, um, I've had patients from everywhere reach out to me. So if there's, you know, so it, it, even if you think I'm, even if I'm, you're not in Canada, there's probably still somewhere I could help you. Cool. Yeah. I'll definitely have links to all that. And thanks again so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find The Scott My Show on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Please leave a comment, like, review, or share the podcast with your friends or followers. It helps more people find the show.